Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Brandy McCombs. She's the founder and owner of International Business Consultants, which is a rapidly growing construction firm right here in Kansas City. Brandy has launched a brand new division that's expanding rapidly, and she's here today to talk about her entrepreneurial journey, her recent expansion, and what the future holds. Welcome to the show today, Brandy. Thank you. Okay, so for those of... um, our listeners today who are not familiar with International Business Consultants or better known as IBC, what are some of the changes that are going on there? You know, First of all, what do you, what do, you do? And then tell us about some of the changes. You've been on the show, it's probably been a couple of years ago, and I know a lot's happened since then. Yes, quite a lot of items have happened. Um, International Builders was actually started um, as an interior commercial finish carpentry construction company. So we um, do items such as like a reception desk when you walk into a a hospital when you check in, items like that, um, including the doors, the frames, and the hardware that you walk through those doors to get um, to the reception desk. Um, We've done that. I started that in 2009, and uh, we've gone really far with that division. And then um, come... 2014, I had an opportunity that um, when the streetcar was coming into town where they hadn't had a lot of people bidding on specific scopes um, for one way or another, or from reason or another, and one of them happened to be traffic control. And of course, me being um, an entrepreneur, my um, you know light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, wow, traffic control, well, what does that entail and how hard would that be? And I went and did some research and studied it, and it actually was fairly simple. I went and got my certification to know um, actually exactly what the guys do. I went to school, schooling with them, sat in the classes um, with them to find out exactly what it is, and then I bid on it. And here I am. That is the division that has exceeded faster than anything I have ever first imagined. Um, it would ever grow to. So that's a little bit of that, a little bit of what we do currently. Yeah, and so you started this new division, the traffic control, in 2014, just a a few years old. And tell us what that means when you say traffic control. Is it literally, is it standing outside of a construction site where the streets are closed down, directing and detouring traffic, or is it much more involved in that? So it's a little bit of that and a little bit of um, what the traffic control is actually the equipment um, ah. with like the barriers when you're driving down, you know, I I go I-70, you go down I-70 and you see a concrete barrier. Technically, that's mm-hmm. traffic control as well. Or oh, the cones okay. in the Missouri area, we usually use what they call channelizers. In the other state, you go there usually like really large drums, the orange drums that you see on the highway, 
and then anything that has a message board that says road will be closed this and this time, um, the signage that says detour this road, and so that's the actual equipment part. And then you're right, it is the flagging part that goes along with that on like city streets. So there will be a two one-way road where one person will be at one end and the other person will be the other on a walkie-talkie telling them, hey, you know, let's direct traffic for, it's called a stop slow paddle. So then they direct the traffic through, um, corresponding through the, the walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Now, this has grown so much in the last few years that you've actually had to expand your offices. Tell us about that expansion. Yes. Yeah, so actually, um, it's kind of like the all-American story where I first started the company. I was officing, you know, one-bedroom apartment outside, of, you know, in my home. Then I built a larger home to accommodate for just the carpentry part. And um then the streetcar came, so I actually purchased a building in the eastern part of the Crossroads District um, because it was two blocks away from the streetcar project, um, so we could have storage for all the equipment that we were going to be using. So that lasted about um, two years, and we grew out of it, so then we added another location at to the West Bottoms. So that's the one we've been there for about a year and a half. It was a complete warehouse with outside storage, and then we rehabbed it, and one side of the warehouse is actually offices. And we have actually outgrown that facility, so we are actually looking at another location kind of in the Grandview area. So it's going to be a larger area so we can expand on it versus having to look for another location. Plus, it gives us a diverse location so we can be in, like, the Grandview area of, um, you know, Overbone Park, uh, Belton, and then in the West Bottoms will be in the KCMO district and more like Wyandotte County. Sure. Well, and that's very strategic. You actually answered my next question, which was, do you think you ever foresee for the future that you would consolidate everything into one building or is there an advantage to having multiple locations throughout the city? And it sounds like it's the latter because you offer 24-hour emergency service too, right? So you need to get to some places quickly. Correct. Right now we do a lot of stuff with KCPNL and um, MGE and uh, Kansas Gas because it's an emergency, you know, with their storms. We have to shut roads down or the flooding, the flooding that we've had recently, we've had to shut roads down um, I mean, 5 o'clock in the morning, midnight, flagging traffic. I mean, so, yeah, we offer Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you know, seven days, 24 hours. So it is, and it's better to have uh, two locations. I'm not saying that maybe later we might decide to go into one but so because we do have room to grow. But I think currently right now with the different areas that we have, it's better to be in two different places because – when we get emergency phone calls, we have people that are on call and it rotates and it just depends on who it is and where they live. We have people from Grain Valley to Smithville. Sure. So yeah. it works better. Absolutely. And and you had your grand opening. I know you said that you had been in the West Bottoms now for well over a year and you were rehabbing and so forth, but you had your official launch of this new division in the new space uh, just last month. You had quite a crowd yeah. there. Yeah, we did, and we had a great turnout. I was very impressed. I didn't expect that, but it was wonderful um, to see a lot of people. Actually, the support that I got was unbelievable, and it was made me feel 
actually part of the Kansas City area. That's one thing about Kansas City I do love is everybody. Um, they, you know, they say it's a big city, but everybody knows everybody, and everybody's so supportive. So that's one thing I really liked. But the reason we did the grand opening was because um, later it wasn't it wasn't completed, and um, I wanted to make sure that people knew both divisions. So when we opened up the West Bottoms, the carpentry side did all of the tenant finishes in there so that people could see what they do. What It's a, it's, it's a piece of art. You know, they're craftsmen, and, and it shows in their work. So when they were there, they were able to see that. Then they also got to see the traffic side with all the equipment that sets out there. So I waited a little longer. It was more like a grand opening, but open house to let everybody see exactly what IBC does do. Yeah, and I, I was there, and it was quite impressive. It, it was really, it was very, very nicely done. You mentioned Kansas City and how it's really a, a very open town, and uh, in many cases, not always, but in many cases, very collaborative town. Um, now, you're not Kansas City native. In fact, one of the things that impresses me most about your story is the the bit of wanderlust that you have in you, not just uh, within the, the geographic sense, but even within the career sense. You didn't even start out in the construction industry, and you certainly didn't start in Kansas City. So tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are now. So, yes, I actually, um, yeah, as I title myself sometimes as a gypsy. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a small town in Ohio, which is on the borders between West Virginia and Kentucky. And my background actually is restaurants. I was going to be a restaurant manager, and I was going to eventually own my own restaurant. Well, after college, yeah, I did do my first restaurant management. Um, it was kind of nice. I was like 19, got my degree, and then I was like, okay, well, this little city is too little for me. I'm going to move to Florida. So packed my bag, <laughs> 21, and started my career in Florida. Um, just I've well, always wanted to live down Island, there. No less. One of the nicer parts I, of Florida. <laughs> exactly. So actually, I lived in Fort Myers, but then I crossed the bridge to Sanibel Island because they, you know, as as 21 year old, when they give you a large salary, you're like, yeah, I'll drive across that bridge every day, and plus to look at the view because it was a resort and you could look at the ocean all day long, sign me up, you know. Uh, but then um, after long hours and having to work every holiday, I decided um, I think I need to get a different career because uh, these late nights, um, I, you know, I just got married and needed to spend a little more time with family. So I went and actually applied for a construction company. didn't know anything really about construction. I know my dad did some woodworking, but nothing to the magnitude that, you know, I, I experienced I did get. So I went and um, worked with an MEP contractor. That's um, mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, and started in, like, the service department and then worked my way up through, like, HVAC startups. So when there was a commercial building, they would put the air conditioners, chillers, boilers, whatever, in uh, in, the, in the facility, and then I was in charge of scheduling the startup. So once the you know windows and the doors and the, it was buttoned up, I could you know schedule the startup of the units. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there five years and realized, man, I think I really like this. Started and then I worked my way into a general contractor's uh, uh, office 
and then I was what they would call at the time a custom change coordinator. It was a high-rise condominium where tenants would build out their units. So I was in charge of meeting with all those owners, making sure all their selections were picked out, if they wanted to add this, move that. Um, I was in charge of that. And then I then stepped into the superintendent position because who else better to make sure that things got done than the person who actually knows what's going on. So I became interior superintendent. Um, then after that, um, I would sit in cost reviews and see what, how much money I'm making. And I'm like, man, I'm thinking I might branch out on my own because I know what I'm doing. I have the clientele. I have the expertise. And so that's kind of what I did. But then that was 2008. So um, I know that everybody knows that 2008, 2009 was yeah. really hard for the economy. But you don't know how hard it was for Florida. Yeah, it was um, one of the places that got hit the hardest. It did really bad. It's like we woke up and we're like, oh, what happened overnight? So uh, I could stay there, but the, that company actually, we were they were 1,000-plus employees, and then through the hard times, I think they had 15. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, stay there, pick a different profession again. I can move back home to Ohio with my family, um, which I love, but um, being about nine, ten hours away is oh, better sometimes. Um, plus, like I said, I have my own little family ex- uh, at the time. And then, so anyhow, I did my research, and Kansas City was not hit as hard as everybody else was, which is really surprising, and even still to this day, it's still so powerful. So kind of put my finger on the map and decided that was where I wanted to go to start my new my new business, and here I am, gosh, what are we talking, over eight years right. later yeah. and making um, making memories. Stories. Absolutely, and, and a lot of success as well, uh, a lot of yep. successful memories. So you just, uh, you know, you didn't have family, you didn't have friends here that drew you here. It was, you literally did the research to find out which areas still had uh, somewhat of a, of a prospect for success in the midst of a recession and pulled everything up and moved here to make a go of it. And I, I, that's part of your story that I just so admire. You know, you're somebody who, when you make up your mind, whether it's yeah. a change in careers, change in cities, or, or uh, adding a new division, once you've made your mind up, nothing's going to stop you. <laughs> that's very true. That's the entrepreneur part. That's just the way our brains work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the Let's go back to the traffic. What are some of the different projects that you have been involved in? You mentioned the streetcar, but there have been others. Yeah, streetcar was the initial one. It was, uh, okay, let's, you know, stick my toe in a little bit. Is it okay? Is it warm? Should I, you know, go full force? And um, it actually came to me, and and, uh, surprisingly enough, like, so we got the exposure through the streetcar project, and once people started seeing us out there, and yes, it is a little bit of a story and the, the confusion where they're like, hmm, you own an interior and an, and a traffic a road highway a company, and yes, it's true. So that took a little bit of an obstacle um, to kind of get over, but... People, like I said, would come to me uh, knowing that we did both. It's even better for them because there's one person to go to. So with that being said, we um, picked up KCP&L because they were working, obviously, in the streetcar area, AT&T, which was also working there. We would actually have to shut down the streetcar 
um, for construction. So um, that's how I got my, you know, first experience with them. Um, Mark One Electric, we've done a lot of work with them um, from the Fifth uh, Street uh, expansion or remodel um, currently that we just did. Um, from there all the way to uh, 135th Street with uh, J.M. Fahey out there in Martin City. And we're out from to Wichita to Belton. And, that you know, it's from one end to the other to sure. uh, where our traffic control is. Now, you're in, obviously, um, a very male-dominated industry. Uh, more and more women are making inroads into the, these kinds of fields, but uh, still you're uh, kind of an anomaly in, in these kinds of industries. How has your certification as a WBE enhanced the opportunities that you've had, or has it? I, I know there's, oh, the reason I ask is because there's a mm-hmm. lot of women who wonder, you know, it, it takes some doing to get your WBE certification, and so your women business owners uh, certification. So what's been your experience with that? Has it helped? So um, I would say yes, and I know a lot of women are like, well, I was like, really, in my industry, does it really matter? Yes. Um, every voice matters and people need to definitely make sure that no matter what that it comes up with this disparity studies because the more people that we have in those specific um, industries the more goals that are set for women um, I think recently we've actually won over the city we are you'll be coming out with some new goals which I will let them um, announce but so yes in the beginning I would say it did not help me because we were doing more of private work, being that the recession was going on. There really wasn't a lot of public funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and But recently, I would have to say yes. Uh, I have actually gotten my foot in the door having the WBE status, but after they see that it's a qualified, well you know, built machine, per se, for a WBE company, they don't use me just for that anymore. Mm-hmm. So yes, it does get your foot in the door, but I don't, you know, I don't really want to be, you know, sit, you know, have to be used because they have to. I sure. I don't like when I hear that. I'm like, you don't have to use me. I want I want you to want to use me. So yes, yeah. it worked into the point where, unfortunately, they did they did use me um, because of WBE. But what we bring to the table has gotten us to where we really are. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you made that point because that it, it's an important point to make. The uh, WBE certification, as you said, can get you in the door, can help you get your foot in the door, but you have to be qualified. You have to be able to perform. You have to have quality uh, in order to continue to compete for those contracts. So mm-hmm. uh, you better be ready. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, is, because, it is painful, yeah. for sure, very painful, but worth it. Absolutely. So what what does the future hold for you, Brandy? When we talk again in another year or two, what are you going to be telling me? Um, well, I don't want to give all of my secrets away, but my <laughs> brain is still working on some other things that we might be able to jump into. Um, everybody at, at my office thinks I'm crazy, but I think it's going to work really well. So you might see us doing a little more of uh, extended parts of the traffic stuff. Um, okay. I think that it's that one has really taken off, and I, I believe we have a really good service um, to provide to customers. 
being that we um, we do provide extra services than anyone else in the city does. We provide, um, you know, uh, plan reviews and um, the flagging services. I, I believe that we are the only one that provides this flagging services period in this area um, due to obstacles you have to go through with insurance and, uh, and whatnot. But since I've got such good experience with the streetcar, um, they know that we're qualified. So. Sure. Yeah. So, so we're going to yeah, be watching. watching out for the traffic control to do a little bit of an expansion. So okay, well we'll be watching for that. We might have to have you back on sooner than okay. than uh, usual, but that'll be a great Perfect. thing. And if if anybody's wanting to get in touch with you or wants to see more about your services, where can they go to find that information? Best place would be the website, which is um, www.ibcinc, and it's .biz, B-I-Z. That's the best place. My contact information is on there. Well, so if anybody feels wants to reach out, um, I'm only a phone call away, and I will definitely get back to you. Oh, it's always a pleasure talking with you, Brandy, and so proud of you for all of your success. Take care. Thank you. You too. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com or follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.